0: Welcome to I Love This Thing So Fricking Much, a podcast about passion. My name is Sophie Katz, and today I am joined by Sean Murata, a partner in the Appellate and Supreme Court Practice Group at Hogan Lovells, an international law firm. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks
1: for having me, Sophie.
0: Oh, thanks for being here. So here's how this works. Sean will have three minutes to talk about something that he loves. This can be a person, place, thing, concept, activity, anything he wants. Our only requirement is that he loves it wholeheartedly and wants to tell us why. Are you ready, Sean?
1: Ready as I'm going to be.
0: Good. Got my timer here. Now, what do you love so freaking much?
1: I love appellate Twitter, which is a community of lawyers, law professors, law students, and people interested in the law organized around a hashtag on Twitter. As the name suggests, we talk a lot about the appellate courts and appellate law. And appellate courts are the courts above the trial courts in the United States. So if you're into real crime or true crime, that's trial courts. That's developing facts. That's not what we do. We focus on what I call the law part of law, which is not a joke because obviously developing facts and cross-examining witnesses is really important. But the legal system and the laws and sort of the cases that you learn about in law school is our focus. But really, it's a place for legal nerds. We fight about which fonts are the best. People have strong views on Times New Roman. We talk about whether full justification on your briefs is better than left justification on your briefs. And we talk about the cases of the day, both the really high profile ones that you hear about the news and the obscure ones with interesting legal issues that you probably would never hear about if you weren't sitting on Twitter all day like I am. Why I love Appellate Twitter is because it democratizes access to experts. Most journalists are really great journalists, but they're not lawyers. And even a lot of journalists who are lawyers or commentators who are lawyers aren't specialist lawyers in appeals, and they aren't specialist lawyers in things like the Supreme Court or the local courts of appeals. So what's great about Appellate Twitter is there are people on there who practice in front of the Supreme Court like me. There's people who practice in front of the Texas courts who can say, oh, yeah, I appear in front of that court all the time and let me tell you about it. It democratizes access to mentors. A lot of people who might be interested in appellate law think that appellate lawyers are sort of sit on this pedestal or we're in this ivory tower. And if you don't know who to reach out to, to talk about your interests, well, I've had 20, 30, 40 informational interviews with law students and others who are interested in going appellate law who would have never reached out to me otherwise if I wasn't sort of a welcoming presence on Twitter. We're a place for supporting one another. The law can be a lonely endeavor, particularly appellate law, because you sit at your desk and you write all day. And it's a great way to reach out and connect with people and the struggles that you find in practice i found tremendous professional benefits. There's the reporters there that if you want to get quoted in the newspaper, reporters hang out on Twitter. So I can often offer my expertise. And I've been in the Associated Press and USA Today and Washington Post and a lot of other places, even though I'm not particularly famous outside of Twitter. I can network with other lawyers. There's some clients around, they're not many. And I can build a profile and expertise that people think I'm an expert because they see me offering my expertise. And I often can have contacts in other states. If I have a case in New Mexico, I've got a guy in New Mexico that I know that can send me some samples. And there's lots of personal benefits, too. I've found lawyers of the same vintage of me and the same challenges. Go
0: ahead and finish your thought.
1: And so I really get a chance to make a new community and find people that are just as nerdy as I am.
0: That sounds great. Thank you for telling us about Appellate Twitter today. Sure. How did Appellate Twitter begin?
1: It came about organically there was a member of what then became Appellate Twitter, Jason Steed, who was a lawyer in Texas. And he was coming out to DC where I am for a conference. And he posted something saying, hey, you know, I'm in town. Do people want to get together? A bunch of people responded. We had lunch together. It was lovely. And someone tweeted in response to that, boy, it looks like the DC chapter of hashtag Appellate Twitter got together. We folks will look on in jealousy with something like the tweet. And that was the first recorded instance of the hashtag Appellate Twitter. And it sort of took off from
0: It sounds like Appellate Twitter is an example of something I find particularly cool and exciting about the internet is that it gives people who normally are pretty isolated in your own corner of the world, the industry, your office, and gives you an opportunity to interact and realize, oh, there's a lot of us out here and we have a lot in common.
1: And that's absolutely right. As I mentioned, appellate law can be a kind of lonely endeavor because I could come, sit at my desk, type, type, type my briefs all day and leave and not talk to another human being all day if I wanted to. And so you kind of have to be intentional about reaching out to other people in appellate law because it can be kind of a solitary endeavor. And I think appellate Twitter is a way to do it. You generally get into appellate law because you're like super passionate about just the legal puzzles and so on. And it's a way to find people who are just sort of nerdy as you are on that.
0: Talk a little more about that. What's it like to uh, be a law nerd hanging out with other law nerds?
1: It's a lot of fun. Law is difficult because it involves real people and real challenges and real problems. But there's also a set of people who really like the rules to board games growing up. Mm -hmm. And I think There's sort of a spectrum of where lawyers fall about whether you're in law for sort of its activism and political side and the way you change the world for people and whether you're just a person who really liked the rules to board games. And it's a spectrum. It's not points. Everybody falls, I think, in a different place. And to broadly overgeneralize, I think a lot of appellate lawyers sort of fall more towards the board game rule side of things. And so it's a way to sort of connect with people and and to do that sort of thing and and to puzzle out the problems. But also, I think, Still remaining cognizant of the way that law actually impacts people in the real world.
0: And it's not just the social aspect of it. You also talked about this is a great way to enable networking within this field.
1: It is. And it's a great way to learn about the quirks of various different courts because every court does things kind of the similar. You know, every appellate court, you file briefs and you go argue cases. But Everybody has slightly different rules. Everybody has slightly different unwritten practices that you probably don't know about. Oh, justice so-and-so likes this or, oh, judge this and that really hates it when you do that. (laughs) And so when you're going to a new court somewhere in the country, I often reach out to people on Appellate Twitter and say, hey, what can you tell me about your local court? Like, what are the things that you wish an outsider knew before they came in? And it's a great way to get that local intel that I could never get just by reading things online.
0: Talk a little more about your experience as a mentor because of Appellate Twitter.
1: My history is a little bit different than a lot of people who practice at large international law firms in the appellate space. Most people went to really fancy law schools, Harvard, Yale, Stanford. They were law clerks, which is an assistant to a judge for a couple of years at the US Supreme Court. I don't have any of that. I went to William & Mary, which is a great law school, but it's not Harvard and Yale. I clerked for a wonderful judge in New Jersey's intermediate appellate court, but it's not the U.S. Supreme Court. So I have a story of I got into this community basically because I had some great mentors and I wanted to pay that forward. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of held myself out there and said, look... If you want to talk to me about it, like, I can't get you hired. I don't have jobs for you. But if you just want to talk about your path and my path and how you could possibly try to follow in it, I'm happy to. And I put that out there because some law students will reach out to you directly, even without offering. But you notice it tend to be a lot of dudes, a lot of white dudes. And so I thought, there's probably a lot of people who also want to do this, but don't feel confident enough to reach out. So let me just offer. And I got more of a response than I ever thought I would. So I do it either when I commute in in the morning or when I'm out for a walk, I just pop in my AirPods and talk to people. And it's been really great just to connect with law students. I think the kids are all right. I think law students are just as hardworking and intelligent and diligent as they were in my day and the day before that. Everybody's just going through different stuff. And it's a great way to keep in touch and a great way to try to... Pay back what my mentors did for me.
0: And I can only imagine that a lot of people who, for whatever reason, don't feel confident walking up and knocking on your office door or sending you an email, seeing you on Twitter, especially in the younger generations, that absolutely would make you seem much more accessible, much more welcoming, much more someone that they're like, oh, I can reach out to this person. I can learn from them. I can find my way into this career that I'm passionate about.
1: That's absolutely right. And I, I try, my Twitter persona tries to be a little bit more human. I mean, yes, I've argued in front of the US Supreme Court, but also I'm trying to parent two little boys. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm trying to be a husband. Also, I'm trying to finish my work and balance everything else in life. And I, I share a little bit of that struggle online because I think it's important that The people you look up to are also people, and they're dealing with the same kind of troubles and struggles and challenges that you are in many ways. Maybe not the exact same ones. I certainly have a lot of privilege in in facing them. But at the same time, I think it's important to say like, hey, I'm just a guy trying to do my best too, and I felt just as much as an imposter starting out as you did, so you can get through this too.
0: Yeah, it sounds like this community is a great opportunity to really humanize settings that are shrouded in so much mystery. Like you can't take pictures or video inside the Supreme Court. So are there really people in there? Let's find out.
1: <laughs> and, and and it's a very formal, very ritualized environment. Although Supreme Court arguments have gotten a little more conversational over the years than they were back in the 1800s, they are still a very staid mostly white guys standing in blue suits at a podium talking in legal jargon. And so I think emphasizing that we're all just people and we're all have our own thought processes and getting through things is really important because it lets people peek behind and see that law is just what we do as a group. So I think knowing the people behind that is also important.
0: Is there anything that you don't like about Appellate Twitter? And if so, how do you handle that?
1: I think there's two things. One is just The current dumpster fire that is Twitter right now. Um, (laughs) And you do it through a lot of blocking and muting and trying to focus on the people that are helpful in the environment. You know, I wish that we could sort of take the whole community and move it somewhere else, but I've heard it compared to like after the high school drama production, you're standing around in the parking lot figuring out what diner you're going to go to. And it doesn't really matter which one you go to, it's just that you all have to go to the same one and not being able to decide. And Mm. I think that's kind of the collective action problem of getting off of. Of Twitter at the moment. And I think the second part is, and I talked a little bit about this before, is that If you're a person who's really nerdy and passionate about the puzzle of law, you can lose sight of the fact that there are cases out there, many high-profile cases, but sometimes smaller ones, where like there are real people who have real suffering, and you're kind of gawking at it. Mm. You focus too much on sort of the neat puzzle and lose sight of the humans at it. And I was probably guilty of that when I started out, too. And I think the way you deal with that is to just be a little bit more cognizant, a little more empathetic. Like with all comedy, you don't punch down. You're trying to make light of, I think, a lot of tragedy because there is a lot of tragedy in law and people usually go see lawyers when there's something wrong happening in their life. And so I think just having a certain awareness of the human perspective when you're commenting on legal things is a main way to fight against that.
0: Sean, thank you so much for telling us about something you love today.
1: Ah, uh, My pleasure.
0: And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about Appellate Twitter or our guest, Sean, you can find his social media information in the episode description. And if you have something you love so freaking much, you want to tell me all about it, consider this your invitation to join the show. I Love This Thing So Freaking Much is a production of Through the Window Media. This episode was directed and edited by Sophie A. Katz. You can find us at Through the Window on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Tumblr. That is T-H-R-O-U, the window, at all the social media sites. Be good to yourself, be kind to each other, and you'll hear from us again soon.